right, welcome back to the latest and the greatest of the Blue Brother Sportscast. Real talk, real fans, we bring you Michigan football each and every week. I'm Caleb, and with me as always is Craig. I had a little hiccup there with uh, audio, but we're good to roll. We're good to go. Props to to Craig's son, Owen, for jumping in to be a technician and help us out there for a minute. Yeah. Always a good thing. Yeah. yeah, we have to have things working for this episode. This is a must. Yes, I, 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 right before we got started, I told Craig, I was like, okay, give me a minute. I'm gonna delete a few things. Like, there's no way I want anything to interfere with this. I want to make sure that we have time. I don't want some dumb error coming up and being like, you're running out of space. So I cleared some stuff. We've got plenty of space to record for three hours. No, not really three hours. Well, well I mean, we probably could go that long, but we're not. We're going to try to condense it a little bit. So plenty to talk about, plenty to do, plenty to say. But we do have our uh, newest segment and everything that we start everything out on. Uh, I'm going to keep it going. Uh, So here we'll include this. I got a little background music for now. So the Did You Know segment. We're here to make you smarter. We're here to bring you those weird facts that you may have never known or heard about. So this week, did you know? All right. Actually, I, I I have a little intro song for this. It's twofold. So okay. I, I think you'll appreciate it. Tell me when you recognize this. All right. I don't know. I don't think you grew up on this. Wow. You got that? Yeah. Sesame Street, right? Yep. So, okay. So, a little fun fact here for Sesame Street for all you big fan, big bird fans out there and everybody. We're here to talk about Cookie Monster for a second. Craig, did you know? That Cookie Monster has a name? Hmm. Oh, man. No. Boom. Mind explosion. Yeah, it is. His name is Sid. Hmm. And he lives in a... What? Okay. Yep. Wow. So Sid... uh, So the Cookie Monster's real name is Sid. Uh, There was some stuff that came out in 2004, some stuff that came out in 2010 that Sesame Street revealed... Uh, established that he had a real name before he gave got the nickname, nickname Cookie Monster. So there you go. Wow. Hmm. What if he has a last name or anything like that? Sid Monster, Sid Cookie. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But I I, but I told you it was twofold, and okay. so to move us along into our talk about football. You done got schooled, Michigan State. <laughs> yeah. Took you to the street. Pretty much, man. And beat the crap out of you. Well, okay, maybe not that excessive. But schooled you like Sesame Street. Yeah. We took them as old school. Yeah. Kind of old school, right? Yeah. Old oh, school yeah. football. You know, smash you, punch you in the face, you know, step on your neck. Yeah. Totally, Michigan did that. 
Absolutely. A lot, a lot to say, as I mentioned. And uh, we do have several voicemails. We actually have two, two callers, both left two voicemails. So let's kind of plow through these because um, it'll take a little chunk of time here at the beginning. Um, and I'm loading up the first ones here. And we'll hit the voicemails, and then we'll just let it go. Sound good, Craig? Sounds great. All right, here we go. Let's get the voicemails going. Yo, man, it's Stephen Brown at Mr. DeVille1980. I've been paying attention to my calls, and one one thing I tend to say is that this ain't going to be long. This call is going to be long. I'm using all three minutes and 45 seconds of this voicemail. Sparty, sparty, sparty. I mean, well, I mean, put it this way. If this was a calculus test, the amount of yards they got, I mean, they would have finished top two or three in the class, but this wasn't a calculus test. This was a heart test, gut check. And since it was a gut check, they just got outplayed, man. I put up a tweet. And I'm going to say this again. Um, for the rest of the time D'Antonio's there, all that disrespect and chip on the shoulder crap, that's not going to work anymore. Their biggest advantages were, were a punter for Michigan and John O'Corn. Those were the two biggest advantages for Michigan State in the three years um, before today. Michigan should have been 4-0 against those guys. Everybody knows it. Shea Patterson is the truth. The defense is the truth, as Michigan State found out. That offense is the truth. And all those 19 returning starters from Michigan State, all that crap, those guys aren't any good. They're just not. I mean, Brian Lewarki, dark horse for the Heisman. I mean, <laughs> in the dark horse, I mean, I, that's got to be a really dark, really, really dark horse because this guy completed, what, five passes? I mean, good grief, man. Like, they couldn't throw a check down? Who were their tight ends? I thought they were so much better than Michigan. I thought their linebackers were better. I thought their wide receivers were better. L.J. Scott sitting out like he's Le'Veon Bell. Just come back in the nick of time. He only got 22 yards. Like, man, those guys are really terrible. Like, I normally complain about three stars, but they got a team full of them. And they don't even develop. Dang, they suck. So, back to, the, back to what I was saying, man. From here on out, it's about talent. Michigan's way more talented. You know, Zach Harrison's coming. Rivera's couch is coming. Man, it's going to be on. Like, it's, I don't expect Michigan to lose to these guys again for a while. I'm talking about a while. Like, D'Antoni's going to walk away still frowning, just like he's been doing at his retirement uh, press conference. He's going to be frowning. Remember the good old days when they were beating Brady Hoke's teams and Rich Rod's teams. But, man, that was embarrassing. If you're a Michigan State fan and you did any talking, you might want to shut up and try to win, try to have your team win seven or eight games. They suck, man. Like Michigan State, I'm, I'm rubbing it in. They suck. I'm glad Devin did what he did. You know, I, no, no love, no respect for Michigan State at all, ever. Those guys suck. They're trash. They're terrible. On Ohio State, and look, look what Purdue is doing to them right now. So, all you Michigan State fans, yeah, I mean, yeah, retweet that. Go blue. All right, and then the second voicemail here. Hey, man, look, I didn't want to make multiple calls tonight, but I'm watching this Purdue and Ohio State game, man, and and check down Charlie is going to have a hard time against Michigan, a.k.a. Dwayne Haskins. They were talking about this guy for Heisman. Man, this dude doesn't throw the ball over 10 yards. Man, he, I don't know if he's not confident in himself or what, but if, if you if you let Purdue – Defense do this to you. 
man, as Lewerke, how it is to play against Michigan's defense, like, dang, they going to get smoked, man, like, in Columbus. Like, Michigan, Michigan is now the number one team in the conference. Y'all, can y'all believe that? Just take a second to digest that. Michigan is the number one team in the conference. After all that talk, after all the jokes, after all these years, Michigan's number one. Wow, I mean, alone, there's no tie. They're, they're number one. That's crazy. But Ohio State's not good, man. They finally came to bite them. I didn't think it'd be tonight. I mean, Purdue has one one guy has three touchdowns and on a hundred some yards. Like, I mean, this dude like five eight, maybe one hundred twenty three pounds, soaking wet. And you can't stop that dude. But you got all these four and five stars. Imagine what Don Brown would do with a defense like Ohio State. I mean, yeah, all the four and five stars. Man, they lost Zach Harrison. It's over. I mean, it's been, he's he's going to Michigan. Um, the, the kid who just decommitted from Georgia, he's likely going. Man, I mean, yeah, dang, man. I, I mean, I just wanted to rant. This is funny. Like, Ohio State sucks, man. Like, I guess they did need J.T. Barrett. I mean, and, and and his 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 you know 150 rushing yards a game and 180 passing yards a game. Cause oh man, these guys are terrible. They can't blame it on not having Joey Bosa. If, if one man made your team like that, then you weren't any good. Good grief, man! Like Haskins, Haskins has thrown the ball 72 times. 72 times, and he's 48 for 72, man. That's, you gonna be, you ain't gonna beat Michigan like that. You ain't gonna get seventy two chances to throw. Oh man, Michigan's going to like. I don't want to sound too presumptuous, but Michigan's going to the playoff, y'all. Michigan's gonna win the Big Ten. I mean, they got Tariq coming back, Rashawn. Michigan's gonna win the Big Ten, and they're gonna represent the Big Ten in the playoff. I would love to see them against Alabama. I really would. The Purdue fans are shouting, "We want Bama on that man. They need to stop smoking whatever it is they passed around in that game." Cause that that oh man, but but Michigan is the best team in the conference, and I can't believe it. I doubted Coach Harbaugh a little bit. I'm sorry, like for real, man. Like Penn State's next, but man, Michigan's back. Oh yeah, sucks to be Ohio State. I mean, Urban. I guess he's gonna you know have some health issues here in about ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Steven, thank you for the calls. Yeah, I um, I was not surprised at all to see a second voicemail uh, from Steven. <laughs> uh, the, the only thing, uh, great stuff. Uh, always appreciate the calls. Um, the only other uh, thing that I'll kind of um, add to what he was saying in the first one was uh, he mentioned that the best things that Michigan State had going for him was John O'Corn and a punter. Um I will kind of mention too, and I mean we'll probably get into this too, but just some small to mention. Uh, weather was their advantage too, um, yeah. and yeah. and Michigan over. I mean honestly, I can almost guarantee that when the weather got as bad as it did before Michigan <laughs> scored their second score, uh, a bunch of people were worried. Yeah, uh, which which is rightfully so. I mean weather is uh, we made our predictions and everything before we knew the weather was going to be as bad as it was. Heck, Thursday, it didn't even say it was going to be that bad. Friday is kind of when it flipped on its head, and Michigan broke that narrative and got over that, which was great to see. So that was kind of the only thing I wanted to add there. Uh, Craig, anything before we go to the next voicemails? Well, yeah, weather is always a precursor to usually when that happens, you get teams that just, you know, naturally – say, you know what, we're not going to really throw the ball. 
very much because it's it's tough to catch it. A lot of tip balls, drop balls. The uh, quarterback tries to set his feet and tries to throw, but the ball flies out. Just all kinds of problems. So you run the ball, and that's kind of in a way plays into Michigan State's hands because they do have they had the number one defense in rushing in the in the country, and so uh, so does Michigan. So so to be basically running the ball and who can do the best. And that just kind of plays in the Michigan's hand on that uh, Michigan state's hand. I mean, and, um, and that's, that's always tough, you know? So um, hoping that we would be able to throw the ball and yeah, that's yeah. Weather's always a funny thing. I mean, it really, you know, that's, it's in usually it goes Michigan's way, but when it plays Michigan state it usually doesn't. So. Yeah, no. And that's the thing too, that I want to make sure to mention is like, I, I'm not. Uh, it, it's a factor that both teams have to play with. Is not an excuse. It's just one of those things that you look at, where it, it seemed like two things going in uh, before this game really plagued Michigan for a long time. One is bad weather, where they just can't handle it, and that's on them. Um, yep. So that's just one of those, yep. and that's just saying that's favorable for the other team. It's not, like I said, it's not an excuse. It was just something that Michigan. It was the narrative. Michigan, time and time again, bad weather would not do well. Uh, and then the other thing to mention is, um, oh, man, what was it? I thought there was something else. Weather, something else, whatever. Anyways, we we want to keep rolling. We've got uh, more voicemails uh, and everything. So let's get this uh, these next couple two going here. Caleb and Craig, this is Ray from Tampa. Let me start by saying that it is great to be a Michigan Wolverine. Now, the game, game was very close. But as close as it was, it shouldn't even been that close. Michigan definitely dominated on the offensive or on the defensive side. And then on the offensive side, they were doing domination and they just couldn't freaking get the ball in. Um Shea Patterson, as great as he's been, and even as good as he played during that game, sometimes he needs to let that ball loose. Just let it go because he could have had a couple more touchdowns, could have had some more yards, and I am for sure to say that he should have had over 300 yards. In regards to the running game in the offensive line, we saw what they did. I truly believe that this team is for real and it's going to do what it is destined to do. And I think at the end of the year, especially after watching Purdue just put it to Ohio State and let alone the last couple of weeks that Ohio State has played, they should have lost a couple of those games. Purdue finally came through and did it. At the end of the year, on November 24th, When the sun is high and the field is cold, Michigan should come out on top over at Columbus. All I want to say is they did what they had to do. Just when this is right, sometimes, you know, you got to beat up your little brother. You got to shut him up a little bit. But it's great. Go Blue. Love the show. All right, we got a second one from here, too, so let's get that one in. Hey, guys, this is Ray from Tampa again. One thing I wanted to touch on that uh, I forgot was 
the Bushley comment that Harbaugh said. So you listen to Harbaugh. He said they thought it was Bushley. He also accused D'Antonio of laughing about it as they were walking out of field. Um, then you listen to D'Antonio. He wanted to shut it down. He called it BS, blah, blah, blah. In regards to what is going down, I completely agree with Devin Bush. Now, they're 10 minutes late. Yes, if there's if it's a tradition, they could have asked them to come off the field. They started their walk. They could have walked around them or at least broke the chain a little bit to let the Michigan players go through. You know, they did not have to do what they did. Also, in one sense, people could say, hey, the Michigan players could have gone off the field when they saw them doing their ritual. But they were late. And they didn't communicate. So I understand why the Michigan players stood their chance. But Antonio said one important thing. He said he wasn't even going to talk about it. You can go and look at the video. You can go and look at your cameras. Y'all got phones. Y'all can see what happened. Basically, he's saying he wasn't laughing. But if you watch the video, as everything's going on, and his guys are walking, he's smiling and laughing. No one can say that he wasn't talking to someone, and maybe they were laughing about that. But in the sense of how the video is being distributed, it does look like he was laughing in regards to the situation. So D'Antonio might have some crow to eat in that one. Then again, the only thing that I really care about him doing is getting back to business and being able to handle the rest of the schedule because Ohio State is coming up. And I would love to see Sparty beat Ohio State just like Purdue beat them. But without them missing so many pieces, that's probably not going to happen. Which means that it's going to be up to Michigan because we now control our own destiny to do what we got to do. Go Blue. All right. Thank you, Ray, so much for that. Really appreciate it. Mm -hmm. I always appreciate the calls. Uh, Craig, initial uh, thoughts and reaction from those? <laughs> well, just um... – you and I will probably touch on the pregame fiasco that's in that in itself is is Michigan news <laughs> and we'll be touching on that. But uh yeah, I mean this 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 there's no bad blood not spilled on this between these two teams and I'll say this and one of the things you'll, I think Michigan fans will know and Michigan State and I'll say this to Michigan State fans if we if they're listening you're not, you're not, this is, this is, you're not looking at another Hoke or another even um, Rich Rod. Um, Harbaugh, you punch Harbaugh in the face, he's going to punch you back. And Harbaugh's going to defend himself. And he's, he doesn't miss, he doesn't, make, he isn't, well, doesn't want to make friends. That's the whole thing. He doesn't care. We should have, everybody should have known that about Harbaugh when he got here. He doesn't care what people think about him at all. And he could care two cents what Coach D'Antonio thinks about him, and you're, that's why you're you're seeing, in a way, C Coach D'Antonio getting furious with him because Harbaugh doesn't care. He's not going to uh, back down to Coach D'Antonio. He's not going to apologize for anything, and 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 that's what you're seeing, and I kind of love it. I do. So. Yeah. No. We. I'll have some other things because yeah, we'll definitely talk about more later. Um, but to go back to his first voicemail, I do uh, agree that points were left on the field, that uh, Shea Patterson had a good day. 
Uh, not saying that he did bad, but there were some missed opportunities. I mean, not just on him, but I think, yeah, I do agree that he easily could have had more, um, more than the 212 passing yards they had. Of course, weather being factor, I mean, that was that was a mess of a day and everything. But yeah, that was, um, you know, Shea. Shea's a different kind of guy. He he helps control things. He helps motivate things. Uh, he sees things and changes things, and he has a better awareness of the game. So he's he's a lot, had a lot of great things going for him. It's been um, amazing to have him on the team. So thanks again, Ray. Thanks again, uh, Stephen, for the voicemails. I think we're going to get into the essentially let loose part um, of this. And what do you, what do you think? I guess I guess let's do a little transition here, a little yeah. pump up. It's serious time. It's down to business time. It, it's football talk time. It's it's uh, rivalry, man. Rivalry, yes. Spit everything out, Caleb and Craig edition. You, uh, I, I, okay. I'm. I'm trying to figure out where to start. Like, do you start with the pregame and then work our way into the real game, or what do you do? Well, I'm trying to figure out how to do this too because it's like. I know you've got a lot to say. I've got a lot to say. Yeah. I think I'm going to let you you start and you kind of go. Um, how about go progressionally? Start at the beginning, your thoughts of the pregame and everything, your your thoughts of the game, like the performance of the game, and then after uh, your thoughts of, you know, where where we're at now after the game. And I'll, I'll kind of join the conversation and everything, but I've – I feel like I've got a lot to say, so I'm probably gonna spit it out all at one time. So, okay. I'll I'll jump in dialogue with you, but I'm I'm, I'm gonna let you go, and then I'm okay. gonna go. <clears throat> well, I'm basically. I mean, I really what I want to touch on is this pregame fiasco that's going on between what happened on the field, what's going on, you know, what was the the Spartans pregame. You know, what do they do on walking on the field? Obviously, it's something they do. I believe they start at the Kellogg Center and then they walk to Sparty Stadium. And and I get that. But um, obviously, the coaches and everybody is aware of what time the Spartans do that. And I also heard that the Spartans also do this pretty much dead on at the same time every day. So and it never changes. So but yet on this field, they showed up late, 10 minutes late, which is quite and unusual i heard and they're all wearing helmets i don't know if that's something custom for them to do but they were and i will say this it, <laughs> coach d'antonio looked in he ain't gonna listen to this radio show and i know some of his fans will but look oh he's <laughs> he's gotta find the disrespect so you never yeah, know <laughs> he's gotta find it. you know what this is this is classic i'm gonna throw on a comparison here. This is similar to a coach being interviewed by the press and saying the wrong thing, much like Urban Meyer did when, you know, he had the Big Ten press conference and he just said the wrong thing and it just all hell broke loose. This is the same thing. Imagine if Coach D'Antonio said this. Yeah, we were told we we're supposed to be on the field. That's what we did. Uh, their players weren't supposed to be on the field. I can't help what happens after that. Uh, so, 
you know, that's what we have. You can check, you know, check that. It has nothing to do with me or whatever, but that's something we traditionally do and you can whatever and just leave it that and move on. No, but Coach D'Antonio has to be the tough guy, has to be the more arrogant, uh, uh, I call him, uses pride against us and says, well, that's BS what Harbaugh says. And then that just all hell broke loose because of the very fact, Coach, you, you, know, you did lie. You did go out there. You were five uh, yards behind the line. And then you did smile and you did smirk and you thought it was funny. Don't BS with your BS because that's exactly what you did. You, you're on tape. You're caught. You're phony. And you know it. If you would have just said that, I don't think anybody would have said anything else. But you just pretty much went after Harbaugh because Harbaugh called you out. And Car- and Harbaugh was ag- exactly right on what he said. He's not lying. He said that's what you did. It was Bush League. And it's exactly what happened. And we have tape. We have evidence. We have pictures. We have <laughs> multiple camera angles. And he knows it. And he's caught. And that's why you actually coached Antonio and wanting to move on from it. Of course. He knows. So – and then you got the athletic directors exchanging what happened, whatever. But, you know, now it's, it's over with. It's bull crap. And then, you know, I heard some other things about what uh, one of our cornerbacks had their headphones ripped off. I don't know. But if it happened, it happened. So to me, Sparty, you guys drew first blood. Don't act like that Michigan, like Devin Bush just walked up, up <laughs> under the field and started just kicking up dirt and kicking up the logo in the Spartans' face out of nowhere. It, you have to provoke that guy. That guy's got a mean streak in him, and you had to have provoked him, and that's exactly what happened. So do I like what Devin Bush did? Yeah, I kind of do. <laughs> because you know why? Because when you t- do that and you back it up, Michigan backed it up and then some. Their defense backed it up and then some, and then they just literally put their foot on Michigan State's next and they press down big time this whole entire game and that's when it's always a good thing it's a rivalry that's what happens that's what's going on now a lot of people are comparing this back when uh uh back to hoke and uh forgot the player that put drove the stake down into the ground but yet but you have to remember is harbaugh doesn't care about what sparty thinks or coach d'antonio thinks hoke did that did he wanted to be respected and coach d'antonio didn't respect him because Hoke was a nice guy. Nice guys don't win. Look at Saban. The guy's not a nice guy, but he wins. So Harbaugh's like, I'm not a nice guy. I don't want. I don't care if you like me or not, uh, D'Antonio. And that's what happened. I love it. I think it's great. I think it's great for this rivalry. And I can't wait for next year when Harbaugh's going to get these guys ready. Trust me, Harbaugh had these guys ready from day one of the season. They were. They had marked this game on the schedule. You saw it. No way Harbaugh was coming out of this game with a loss. I even said that this might be the biggest game of the season of his career. It was. He had to beat D'Antonio. Not only did he beat him, he humiliated him. And that's awesome. And that's what I have to say about the pregame. I'll probably get into the regular game. But it was great to see, man. I really did. I loved it. <laughs> oh, yeah. D'Antonio, like you said, totally busted. Uh you know, he, he, the way he said it, and I'll, I'll use one word for the way he, that he did it. Cause you're right. I mean, he could have simply said, um, you know, it's players, it's rivalry. You got both of them on the field. What do you think's going to happen? Right. So, something's right. going to happen. 
and, and that could have been it. But then he goes out there and it, and then he calls, like you said, completely BS. And he was acting, here's the word, righteous. Yeah. We, no, we right. are right. We are correct. We are the ones who got disrespected. Respected. Yeah, yep. you're right. And so go ahead, Michigan State. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> jump on your disrespect train. All the time. All day. I don't yeah. care. Go ahead and use that. The tape says otherwise. Well, the players, our players are like, you're not going to, we're not going to bow to you. You know, you were late. You know, you were late. You did it on purpose. And trust me, Devin Bush and those players knew that Coach D'Antoni was laughing and smirking and thought it was funny. He, They saw that. They knew it. And that's what heated up the rivalry. And that's why you're starting to see Michigan State try to punch us and we're punching them back. Not only are we punching them back, but we're literally stepping on them. And Michigan State needs to understand that you're looking at a whole new coach, man. This is different now. This is, Harbaugh looked like not only did he want to win, but he wanted to dominate them, humiliate them. And that's exactly what the kind of Michigan football I want to see. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'll, I'll get into my own stuff more with that, like I said, again later. We'll, we'll touch base with this. But, okay, let's. Uh, so pregame, let's go into the game. Craig, your thoughts the 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 how things progressed. There was the little bit of the weather delay. Um, overall thoughts of the game and so forth. Go. Well, I thought Michigan played an excellent game. I mean, obviously, I, to me, I thought the weather kind of came at the worst time because I thought actually Michigan was building momentum at that time. Actually, we were driving down to the field, and then, of course, lightning happened, and they had to remove everybody. So I thought that was kind of a moment. I always look for momentum, you know, going through games and, you know, what happens, you know, what, you know, is it uh, pass interference, things like that, or turnover, something crazy like that. And this happened just at a point where I thought we were driving the ball, and um, that happened. But when we came back, it looked like Michigan came back with authority. Um, it looked to me, let me tell you something, man. This, I thought Michigan's defense was good, but they're almost scary good, like better like than, what, two to three years ago. That's how good they're playing. Uche is just a beast, man. That guy is not covered, and one-on-one, he's going to eat you alive. That dude is just fast. Um, I see him all over the field. He pressured Lewerke. This offensive line for Michigan State couldn't block our defense at all. And then our man-to-man just covered their uh, receivers. Yeah, I get Michigan State had a couple guys out. But, man, let me tell you, we had a, we, we're missing Tariq Black. Um, we even had uh, Bush Beatty out. So there's a lot of injuries happening for both sides. And the weather, like you said, didn't help at, ta- at times. But um, our defense is sick. It's good. Um, like you were saying, I thought Shea played pretty well. I thought there are times I think he missed uh, open guys or he had time in the pocket and just or receivers weren't getting open or wasn't looking for the tight ends as much. Um, what I loved about what happened was the adjustments being made with we had a hard time running the, running the ball, but I love some of the fake bootlegs that uh, Shea was taking out of the pocket. He was able to get the runs, and that was opening up big holes um for him 
Um, those things actually remind me of his 49ers days when he ran it with Kaepernick. Um, so that was really cool to see. But you have to think about the one thing I was looking at the entire game from the very beginning, and I think you threw up the stat is when Higdon gets over 100 yards rushing, and I knew he was close, Michigan, I believe, is undefeated, and I knew he needed 100 yards to win, and then you started seeing it. Higdon played really, really well. He did really, really well after because he went up against – he ran against one of the best defenses in the country in running, and I think he did pretty dang well. Um, he's a beast. He fits Jim Harbaugh's program perfectly. He's a perfect running back for him. Um, but, yeah, Shea played pretty well. I thought uh, some of the things he do a great over the back, over the top throw to uh, Peoples-Jones was perfect. Uh, I think it was well-timed because you have to remember – a lot of times I was saying, man, we're going to have to open up, you know, push up back that secondary and to see Shea throw that uh, long pass to him. That's exactly what we need at that time for um, to open up the passing game. And it did, and it worked out great. And I just think Michigan just overpowered them like we did with Wisconsin. It felt like Hornybrook and the Lewerke were going under the same pressure. They both were pressured to throw the ball, and they just missed, and they just could not find their – uh, the routes, the routes were cut off so quickly because our defense was just ripping them apart. So, um, so many good things that Michigan did. Yeah, I thought there was times Michigan left points on the board. Obviously, we had so many times. I think we had four times we we're in uh, Michigan State's um, area and we didn't score. That right there, I believe, can't happen. We're gonna have to start scoring some points. And then, of course, the big. I call it the big glaring point, and we, I mentioned it on the last podcast, was Nordin and his spotty kicking and his erratic behavior at times and his kicking, and it showed up. Uh, we, should have, we should have been up, what, 10 to nothing, and we didn't. We, we left so many points on the, on the board, and that right there concerns me. He concerns me. I hope they fix it because he's going to need it. Um, but uh, overall, great effort. Um, but, uh, yeah, I have to give these coaches credit, man. Jim Hobbs was really, really ready for this game. Yeah, no, for sure. A, a lot of great things from this game. I mean, they, they made it personal and they did a yeah. great job with all this. The players performed well. Um, and yeah, you just mentioning Nordine. Yeah. That was kind of the glaring thing that stuck out i mean turnover it's bad weather you're gonna have that stuff what i love to see is uh i think i kind of mentioned it before i'm i could be mixing things up because i've had conversations with different people about this so the change of the narrative yeah that that's why i love about this game because there were several things that changed one is uh the player's attitude like the players were in it they were locked in which you did not see in years past. I mean, maybe you kind of saw it last year a little bit, but this year was on a different level. Uh, the second thing was uh, the being able to play in bad weather. Like that was just something that haunted Michigan, where it's just like bad weather, we're not capable of doing anything. I mean, th that's what happened. That's what happened 2017. That's what ha um, happened uh, affected things in – uh, was it 2015? I don't even know. Uh, but there were other games too where when, whenever there's bad weather, poor performance. Might not always result in a loss, but poor performance. And Michigan came out and proved that wrong, which was great. 
another thing that happened, which was awesome to see, was the uh, the the luck factor. Mm-hmm. Do you want to call it that? Yeah. Where, um, for instance, here you go. Um, the I think there was uh, one-handed snag by a receiver, but the big one was the palming catch by their punter. Oh yeah, yep. Yeah, and in oh. the rain and yeah. all this nonsense, and he snags it with one hand like he's yeah. Uh, it could have went over his head. It could have tipped out of his head, you know, and it resulted with yeah, Michigan way down there. You're right. Yep, yeah, that was, that was amazing. Yep. Yeah, he was like Odell Beckham Jr. out there, and he just snags <laughs> it and then he kicks it away. Where it's just like, oh yeah, if that happened to Michigan, you he would have probably dropped it. But Michigan did have some things go their way, which was kind of cool. I mean, this this is. They didn't change this narrative, but it's just the fact that it was different this game because most of the time, especially in the rivalry games, if there's some kind of 50-50 thing, Michigan loses it. Oh, where yeah. where yeah. there was the um, tipped pass that Nico Collins caught, and then there was the tip pass that uh, Gentry caught. Yeah, that one was crazy. Yeah, so those were both really big to see where, I mean, I don't think it would have been the end of the world if both those uh, – instances they felt incomplete but just the fact that they didn't result in turnovers so yeah 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 those things usually go the other people's not our way but a lot of things did and you know and the thing is that you have to remember is this game in a way it could have been a shutout it should have been a shutout yeah should have and you had higdon you know unfortunately the exchange between shea and higdon and it was a fumble on pretty close to their side. And, they, and then this is what I think is funny. They needed a trick play in order to score. <laughs> That's what made me laugh. I go, well, there's your trick play you and I were talking about in this yep. game. And they needed that to, to score against Michigan. And that, and it worked, it worked beautifully, but that's where I went, man, this, this, this team's in trouble because of the very fact is they needed that in a, in a game that they could win if they could keep it close, because it told me that why are you doing a trick play if you guys can move the ball pretty well? I think Michigan State from there on was probably like, we're going to have a really, really hard time run, uh, getting any offense on this team. Yeah, you know um, you know what made me think of, and I cannot exactly remember when this happened. Um, I remember it from one of the Michigan documentaries that I have where Bo was coaching and it was an Ohio State game and it was halftime and I think Michigan was down and I think it was like the first thing that he said and Bo was just like we're gonna win this game because he said we made them pass yep have you heard that line yeah I have yeah yeah and so that's kind of what this was where it's just like Mm -hmm. where I could almost see it in halftime that Jim Harbaugh's in there like Guys, we got this. We're going to win this because we made – actually, no, it wasn't – they didn't score until the third quarter, was it? Or did they score it? Mm. Uh, yeah. Hold on. I think I've got this. Eh. Yeah, no, they didn't score until the third quarter. Okay, so maybe in between. Either way, it would have been more dramatic if it was halftime. But <laughs> I could have seen uh, Jim Harbaugh on the side and be like, guys, we got him. We're going to win this yeah. because they could only score because of a trick play. Right. Like the same kind right. of concept where it's just like they had a resort. They had to go to their last resort to try to put points up against us. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So okay. a, a victory exactly. there. Yeah. But 
Yeah, so, so yeah, a lot of great things happen. Okay, so now after the game, after the fact, it's done. Michigan won, and like you said, it should have been a shutout. Yeah, and it probably should, and it should have been more points. It sh- it minimally, it should have been twenty-four points, but probably, I mean, honestly, uh, you know, Michigan sh- should have played a little bit tighter of a game. Probably could have been thirty to zero, but you know, no, they they got points. They did, you know, whatever. Yeah, if they, it was not a shutout. They they did put points up. So, um, but it, reactions af- after it as a whole. Thoughts, go ahead and go with it. Well, it's a big, um, you know, weight off Jim Harbaugh's back is is going into uh, Michigan State and actually winning this game. And, you know, we're talking about the team, you know, played really, really well and actually beat Penn State, a good Penn State team. So it made you go, wow, we're, you know, we are going up against a team that actually beat Penn State. And which I thought Penn State would easily beat uh, Sparties, and they did, and they didn't. So that was concerning. But um, and of course, I think to me, you know, unfortunately, having uh, Felton Davis going out uh, was terrible because I actually think that he's like one of the top three receivers in the country. That's how good he is. He's really good. Um, just fantastic matchup nightmare receiver fast strong um and for him to go out was really you know i'm sure it was tough too so but you got to play through in- injuries i mean we got we're missing Tariq black he's poss- he is our one of our, he is our best receiver uh so you know they're a nice exchange there we haven't had them all mostly the whole year so but um makes me wonder um afterwards what Michigan do, does to carry this over. And I think it really does. I think Michigan's on a roll. I think Michigan's starting to see themselves as winners as they know that they can dominate these teams and not say, um, you know, can we win? Maybe we'll win. Um, we can win. And it, you can see it. On, it's to me, it, you're starting to start. You're starting to see teams like Wisconsin, Michigan state, Penn State, all these teams coming up that are starting to be afraid to play Michigan because we're starting to literally whip whip up on them, and especially the quarterbacks. But if you can get to the quarterback and you can get them scared, if you can get them to rush passes, that means you got in their heads. And that's what I'm starting to see. You did with Hornybrook, they did with Lewerke, and now you're going to start seeing them probably do it Penn State sorely. So, and I... It's a trend I'm starting to see, and I love it because that's the way Michigan used to be. And now Michigan's starting to understand that they are really good. Now, they're not just good. They're good, real good. And when you get that, it's starting to like seep down into the other players. And Shea is a big part of that. I'll say this. If we had Brandon Peters as a quarterback, and he's a good quarterback. He's not great, but he's good. I don't think we'd be the same team because Shea has exudes this winning mentality. He has this about him. Like, I don't think Shea would have allowed Michigan to walk out of there without a win. He would have done whatever he could. He would have ran the ball if he had to. And that is what Michigan's missing and for a long, long time because I think Shea's a different quarterback than Henny was. I think he's a better, uh, different quarterback than, obviously, Spate and O'Corn, definitely those guys. 
and he should and he's got that Rudock mentality about him and I love it and and that's the kind of leader that Michigan needs right now. Yeah, no, totally agree. I think he's got that grit. He's got that natural leadership. It's not forced. He knows it. He understands it. He knows how to lead. He knows how to motivate and things like that. So, yeah, absolutely. I think that he's a big um, factor. If we we didn't have him, I think we'd be okay. I don't know if we would be sitting at 7-1 and Um, right now. uh, I mean – not that we'd be terrible or anything, but uh, who knows? Uh, I mean, I have confidence in McCaffrey and everything, but uh, but yeah, Shea Shea is a a different kind of quarterback than what we've seen. Exactly like like you were saying, and we kind of talked about uh, a little bit last week as well too. So uh, a couple of things here too after the game that I want to mention. Um, this does uh, snap the road game losing streak against ranked opponents. Uh, for Michigan since they were ranked number six and MSU was number 24. And that was a uh, 12-year record of a 17-game drought. Wow. So there's Damn. that. There's that little fun factoid. And also 950 wins for the program. Yeah. Congratulations, Michigan and Michigan football coach Harbaugh on that milestone. Definitely kind of want to mention that. So... Um, yeah, uh, a lot of good things to take away from it. Uh, you know, kind of another turning point. I know, like you were saying too, this is the biggest win. Uh, I know we asked questions about it and probably maybe next time I'll, I'll get into it. I know we're going to be a little pressed for time in this episode and everything, but we asked people on social media, what they thought Jim Harbaugh's biggest win was up or after the Wisconsin game. This undoubtedly, I would say, is the biggest win because of the fa- uh, now because of the fashion of the win, breaking the the streak of losing to ranked teams on the road, and you know just just dominance. So, right. uh, I, I and um, rivalry and all of that. So I I do agree. Even though they were a lower ranked team than Wisconsin, I do think that this was the uh, uh, the bigger game so far. So. Um, I want to hand it over. I want to like ask you before I get going. Uh, any other thoughts right now? I mean, I'll still you'll still have an opportunity later. But like I said, once I get going, I think I'm gonna go like <laughs> it might go rant mode. So <laughs> that's all right. We're ready to rant. Well, not rant, but celebrate and be good. No, just uh, you know, I you know I always worry about when you get down to it. Um, you know, I'm still a little bit concerned about the offense. That, you know, you get that many times down in the in their territory, and you don't pick up any points, zero. Um, I worry. There's uh, one thing I do worry about. I'd say out of all the things is anytime we were at the 30 yard line, my dad and I was I was with my dad watching the game, and my dad goes, "Well, we're in field goal range. That's great." And I go, "Is it?" <laughs> and he just kind of goes, "Oh yeah," and I went. That's concerning if you have to say that because of Nordine. And I don't know. This is the same time last year he went through this meet-of-the-schedule funk that he's going through. And it, it concerns me that, let's say you play a Penn State, it's a close game, and you need that long, you know, that from the 30-yard line, you need a 40-yard uh, field goal. And if he shanks it, I mean, that wasn't even close, man. That was like, that's like something I would kick. I mean, and 
it was so bad that I went, I don't know what's going on in his head at times because he'll kick a really good one from 50-something yards, and then yet there's ones he can't make a chip shot. He can't do it. And the inconsistency with him is just troubling because I, you know, I want to win a game on a field goal if we need to. And at this time, I don't trust him right now. So, and I'm wondering what the coaches feel about that too. So, yeah, yeah. no, absolutely. And that's, that's a good point. If it, I don't think it's going to, we're going to have a game like that for a little while. Right. Um, that will have that big of an effect, but eventually, you know, I mean, you need that reliability. You need, you need more reliability there. So, right. Yeah. You know, we'll have to watch how that goes. Um, anything else? Or are you good right now? Yeah, I'm good. Go for it. Okay. All right. So pre- preparing for kind of rant mode here. Um, everybody just kind of bear with me. Uh, I will, I will preface this. All right. I'm going to be saying a lot of you, all, everybody, and kind of thing. I'm going to be talking a bit about uh, Spartan fan base and everything, and I'll say it up front. When I say anything like that, I know it's not completely all-inclusive. Right. But there is a large amount of the fan base that this is going to be applying to, uh, especially when you're talking about vocal ones on social media and things like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just just know I know that there are some fine MSU fans out there. Uh, I know a few people and everything. Um, but in the majority, you know, you'll you'll know where this is directed when when you hear some of the things I have to say. And I'm, I'm going to be talking uh, beginning to end, kind of here. So good. I, I feel like I gotta take a deep breath and everything. Um, because I, I'm just gonna go, I'm gonna let it all out in one breath. All right, so so there's the preface and everything. All right, so Michigan State wants to go ahead and f- everything since the game has r- really been focusing on the pregame. Mm-hmm. And honestly, you, it's easy to say that you're not surprised because. What in the world are they going to talk about that was good with that game? What are they going to take away from that game that was good? There's really nothing that they can talk about. There's nothing that they can boast. They know that they got dominated in that game. But they still side with their coach, who was caught lying, saying that was BS. So, I mean, go ahead. You can stick with your coach fine that's that's up to you guys i just find it shocking and everything that's blatant and obvious there but go ahead i know where you're going with this by the way i forgot a point but you're oh, gonna bring, there's, I know a, you're. there's a lot of stuff that i'm gonna bring up right now <laughs> i know so, i just remembered it and i know you're gonna bring it up and i'm like good for you i hope you do if you so, don't I'll bring it up I, I know you will. okay all right okay. so then the one thing that they do find that somehow they find this like glimmer of hope and yeah. apparently they decide to choose the word class. <laughs> and so so they find they find nothing good. They have nothing to focus on, but then all of a sudden they start focusing on lo- like how they said years ago losing with dignity or losing with class. So they seriously come out and they praise their coach for being classy for not wanting to talk about the pregame. 
not wanting to talk about the pregame as being classy. They don't view it as what it exactly is and him dodging the questions. He's deliberately dodging the questions because everyone knows in their right mind when they actually stop and think about it and don't look through their stupid blinders or rose-colored glasses that he is dodging those questions because that's what he does. Because if he had won that game, you know he would have had completely oh, different. Oh, completely different. Absolutely different. Oh, and yeah. if if they if any of the fan base is saying no, it'd be the exact same thing. You're just lying to yourself. You're lying to yourself. More obvious than he lied to you and your fan base when he was in front of the media. So just stop it. You're being ridiculous. And you want to talk about your coach being classy? Really, you want to talk about classy? Because let's ask about how classy your coach was after the state gate incident. Yeah. How how did he ask uh, uh, act after that? And then if we want to talk about classy, how, uh, what what was his mood after Mike Hart's comments? After a player's comments, he let a player get to him. He let a player get into his head. He is a mind game coach, and so yeah. when that player got into his head, it bothered him and it bugged him. And how classy was he? Yeah, talk about classy then. So then, uh, how also classy? Want to talk about classy? 2015, leaving the stadium. He calls out a fan base. He calls out fans. Where are yeah. the Wolverines, Wolverines at? at? Right. He yep. calls out the fan base. You want to talk about classy? How classy is that? Please, please put on a scale. How classy is your coach in that moment? And so you want Michigan to handle this win with class. You want the Michigan fan base, you want the Michigan players, and you want the Michigan coach to handle this with class. I have three words for you, Michigan State. You want to talk about class? Three words for you. F. Jim Harbaugh. Three yep. words. They're, Your they're, student, they're section, student section, yeah, it's 2016 right. and 2018, at the Utah State game is saying F Jim Harbaugh. Guess what? Never heard anything from your athletic director. Never heard anything from your classy coach saying you guys shouldn't do that. That's not a good thing on the university to have our student section chanting that. Where's the class? Show me the class. Please give me the example of your class, of your coach being classy, of your athletic director being classy, of your fan base being classy, of your student section being classy. Please show me that. I would love to see that example. Please go ahead and bring that to my attention if I happen to miss that because I don't follow Michigan State Twitter every single freaking day like you guys follow Michigan Twitter. We'll get back to that in a little bit. So yeah. you guys are having issues with this because you got embarrassed. The team got embarrassed. You were beaten by two touchdowns at at home, realizing that bad weather is not going to help you, and you have nothing to lean on. Your beat writers, your media coverage, your radio hosts come out to sandbag Michigan in any way possible, and you're practically begging Michigan fans, Michigan players, and Michigan coaches to handle this with class. Treat us well, because we're going to have to put up with you for the next 380, 390 days. You know why they're coming out and asking for that? You know why they're practically pleading with that because this is the only thing that matters to them they're now. The, yes, they're this is the only thing that matters to them now. There's no Big Ten title. There's no college football playoff. They nope. don't care about anything now except for beating Michigan, and that got taken away from them in the most embarrassing way possible. 94 offensive yards. You can't even break triple digits. Right. You can't have break triple digits. You practically get seven points handed to you in a basket, and you guys are wanting everyone to handle with class. No, you guys have to deal with it. 
screw you guys and you screw your sensitivity. I really don't care because you guys can put on all you want. And now all of a sudden the dialogue is changing. So put on your big boy pants and take the L and deal with it. Also, you want to know something else because why Michigan state and the fan base is so sensitive because not only were they embarrassed, they got disrespected, not MSU disrespected, actual real disrespect, like going to the dictionary, look it up. That's real disrespect. Don't look up with uh, Michigan state's Wikipedia or whatever you want to call it, where anything we can turn against somebody else and use for our own gain disrespect actual real disrespect they're learning what real disrespect is and they don't like it so now you want to talk about the little little brother comments i don't really use them but let's go ahead and address them here this whole dialogue this is this is what they don't get they are not little brother is not about wins and losses little brother that's what they think exactly it is about the mentality the yep. mentality and the dialogue, because when they're winning, they'll puff their chests up. They'll g- gloat about it. They'll flaunt it around. They'll rush the field. They'll take Paul Bunyan across the across the field. They'll call out opposing fan bases. Their coach will call out opposing fan bases. But then when they lose, they say it is classless, it is trash, and it is garbage when the other team does that. That is the little brother mentality. When you think it's okay for you to do whatever you want, act however you want, say whatever you want, throw your little pity party, then you flip it on its head when somebody else puts you in your place, that is the little brother mentality. So shut up and take the loss. If you cannot handle this, you cannot handle the rivalry. This is what it's about. It's about owning your opponent, and if you can't handle the rivalry, get out. You guys have one rivalry, Michigan. That is it. One rivalry, and you cannot even handle it because when you guys lose, when something goes wrong, you start crying about it, and you want everyone to treat you nicely. You want your participation trophy. You want to feel okay about yourself. And this is where they have problems, where Michigan having a rivalry with Ohio State and Notre Dame and things like that, because they are big. Ohio State is the biggest. Yep. Maybe Mich- uh, maybe Notre Dame after that. I don't know. But you undeniably, Ohio State is the biggest. And they have problems with that. They can't even handle one rivalry. So why in the world would they ever consider saying that Ohio State is their rival? It's nonsense. They know it. They deny it. But they, here's... Hugging on our shirt, saying we're your biggest rival, and we're saying no, they are, and we're pointing at Ohio State. That's what they want. Exactly, and we always have something to move forward to. Once right. the Michigan-Michigan State game is done, that's it. If they are not playing for a Big Ten title or the college football playoff, their season, that what they look forward to is gone until the next year. And so that's what causes problems for them. So here's the funniest thing, though. This is the funniest thing about this, is that D'Antonio is playing that fan base like a fiddle. Yeah, he yeah. knows exactly what to do and how to make them dance because he, like I said, is a mental coach. He works off yep. playing with people's mentality. That's what the whole thing March across the field was. He was smirking about it. He knew he knew he could use it however he wanted, win or lose. He won with that pregame situation, and he knew it because he can use it either way he wants. If they won, he could have used it in his favor. When they lost, he's using it in the favor in his favor because disrespect he uses it he preaches it he lives off of it he coaches it that's his coach mentality 
Exactly. And so that's what he does. And so he has the fan base eating out of his hand because anything that he says goes. He lied on camera. It was caught on camera. The fan base doesn't care because they are eating yeah. up like crazy. And so it's just and hilarious. It tells you what he – but remember what he said after he said it's BS. What did he say to the guy? What? Listen to what he said. Listen to Coach D'Antonio, his mentality and what he was going through when the guy said, what did you say? What did Coach D'Antonio say back to him? Do you remember? About checking the camera. He go no, he said, you heard me. Because the guy did not hear him. He goes, he goes, what was that, Coach? And he said, you heard me. Like, like he said it. Like, you heard me. You know what I mean? Like a like a grumpy man chastising a, a reporter, and the reporter actually didn't hear him. He goes, "What was that, coach?" And he goes, "You heard me." And I went, "Here, there he is. He's back, to, you know, to his little grumpy uh, self, his grumpy face self." And is a very he didn't want to answer it again. "You heard me." Was I, I answered it once? I'm done. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a mental thing with him. And so he used it. And that's that's the thing. This is what Michigan State has been built on for, what, 12 oh. years of uh, of D'Antonio is disrespect and things like that. Whenever he goes, whether it's firing his choice, whatever, if Michigan State does not find the right coach to take his place, they are going to be a mess. They're going to be all over the place because that is what that place is built on. That is what the fans are built on. That is what that de- de- athletic department oh. mentality is. That is what that football program lives and breathes is disrespect and playing the mental game. If that does not continue on, it's going to be a completely turn over. Not saying that they're going to fail and that they're going to lose and everything, but it's going to throw people off. When you have that as your program for a decade or more and you have players learning that, knowing that, and understanding that, when you put a new system in there where they might not do that, it's going to screw things up completely. So, yes, this is... What you're saying is the student section is acting like him. Oh, yeah, the the student section... Yeah, no, they they feed off of it. Like the the coach preaches it to the players, the players take it uh, and use it, and then the fan base feeds off of it. Is their mentality? It is that little brother mentality that no matter what we can do, we will make our we will find a way to make ourselves the victim and try to use this as our benefit. That's why they have that dog mentality, and they've been able to take it to Michigan. They've sometimes they've had the better teams, but a lot of times they have that mentality. They're ready for it. Michigan's not. And that's yep. what they preach, and that's the type of guy that he is, and that is where a lot of the little brother mentality is. You take D'Antonio out of it, you take that mental thing, a lot different. A lot different. Oh, yeah. 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 And, and, you know, and the very thing is just the you brought up the student section saying F Harbaugh. They're actually chirping and parroting what Coach D'Antonio thinks. If Coach D'Antoni could get up on the camp, on the mic and say "F Harbaugh," he would do it. Oh yeah, no, exactly, oh. and that and that's that's the thing. It's it's just the nonsense of the class. You guys want to bring up the word "classy" with your coach, with your fan base. Stop it. Shut your mouth and stop it. Don't even utter the word "class" or "classy" hey, gotta, because that it's already reeling with a lot of sexual assaults and a big history of problems. And you're talking about "classy." Come on, man. No, you don't. You don't even need to bring that up. There's no. so much outside oh. of that. So yeah. much outside of that. 
It's nonsense. It's ridiculous. Don't even talk about classy. You want to talk about you want to talk about players then? You want to talk about what Devin Bush did? You want to talk about what the Michigan State players did where they stepped on McDoom's leg last year? Would they tried ripping Denard's head practically off by ripping his yeah. face mask while hitting and punching and things like that? No, don't talk about class. If you guys have a problem with Devin Bush, if you guys have a problem with what the Michigan fan base is doing, if you have a problem with what Coach Harbaugh or the players are doing, then you guys are so hypocritical and so laughable. It is pathetic. You guys are so you you have no sight, no vision, so short-sighted you cannot even look at your own stupid flaws that you always want to play the victim because no, that's different. It's different. It's different when it's Michigan State. It's okay. It's all right. Fine. Go ahead and do that. Feed off of it. Go with it. That's that's your identity. That's your little brother identity. Like I said, I don't really use it, but when you feed into it and you have it, I'll I'll talk about it. I don't I don't say Michigan State little brother and everything, but this after this and talking about it and you guys chirping all over the place and talking and want want respect and you want class, shove it. Just shove it. Yeah. Just stop. If you guys Absolutely. don't want it, if you guys don't want this, if you guys don't want to deal with this, get out of here. Go go to school without a rival. You guys yeah. can't handle it. Yeah. Right, and that's a rivalry game, and that's what it's about. And take your loss and move on. And obviously, they can't move on. So, well, you have this. This plays right into the hand of what I said, and I'm absolutely right. Nobody can deny this. Is Michigan State lives and breathes by that game that we played. That was the Super Bowl for Michigan State. Correct. That was. It was. Michigan State lives and breathes by being Michigan and then showing, you know, the little brother, big brother thing and winning it. And yet looking back and saying, that's it. Even if they go three and nine like they did, as long as they beat Michigan, they don't care. And it shows that just basically on them chirping by the coach and this coach D'Antonio. If Coach D'Antonio thought it was a rivalry game, he would have moved on to the next game. He's still hyping on this. So. Yeah, no, and and here's the thing. This this is why it's it's so big with them too, is because uh, 12, 12 years of uh, D'Antonio, and um, you know we know what the past ten years have been and everything. And what is it like uh, seven, eight eight for eleven or something? I don't know. Whatever. Um, uh, a lot of these the people in the fan base, especially the students, though, have grown up really only knowing Dan, uh, only knowing D'Antonio. Yeah, that yeah. D'Antonio is Michigan State football for what they know, and yeah. so they they are just bred right into it. Yeah, they they have that mentality and they have that expectation, and they don't know what it's like to lose. They don't know what it's like to be embarrassed, and it's just like, hey, guess what? This is what rivalry does. This is what's going to happen, and if you guys don't like it, get out. Right now, now I'll, I'll, I know some Michigan fans through the years, ever, ever, and this is why I said, like I said at the beginning, uh, Michigan State fans. I, I'm going to throw them all together, but I know that not all this doesn't apply to all of them. Same things go goes for Michigan fans. There, there are some good ones, there are some bad ones, and so of course there are going to be ones that have acted, done the same things as I'm referring to here now when uh, Michigan State would beat Michigan. But I know a lot of people. Maybe it's just the difference between with the people that I know and everything, where it's just kind of like you know. You took it. It's a loss. It sucks. You have to eat it for a year until you get to play them again. But holy cow, dude, these, like I said, they're acting like they can't handle it. And it's just like, do you you not understand what rivalry is? Do you not understand what this is? Right. 
So and there yet, there will be gloating. There will be boasting. This is you, this feel, is your neighbor. Do you feel Coach D'Antonio is just absolutely frustrated because he's not getting – he's used to dominating coaches that were nice, um, treated him with respect and things like that, and yet he gets Harbaugh, who's none of that. And it's just – it's almost like Harbaugh's in his head. You know what I mean? And that seems like it to me. It just bothers the hell out of him that Harbaugh kind of pokes pokes him, you know? And to me, I feel like Harbaugh's playing a mental game back to him, and he's playing the game. And and Har- and Coach D'Antonio can't take it. Yeah, no, it's it's very he's possible. Not, he's not used to this. Yeah, no, it's it's very possible. I do agree with that because you're right. I mean, Rich Rod and Brady Hoke were definitely different coaches and everything, and Harbaugh is not you're not going to take it. You no. know, you're, it's no. not going to be a pushover and everything. And he he is not affected by the mental game, and you know, it it does bother D'Antonio probably because everything that he's used before. Uh, some of those things doesn't really look like it's going to work. And they should. And that's the thing, too, is like, I don't really understand what they're gloating about. Yeah, sure. They've had the record and everything for the 10 years, whatever. You can, you guys can go to history if you want. I mean, history is OK now, but it wasn't before. Um, but I don't know what you guys have been bragging about since Harbaugh came to town, because you guys have won both those games by only four points apiece. And yep. so it's just like, yeah, OK, you won. Yeah, I'm not taking away the wins or anything, but it's just like it's. And I feel like at least Antonio realizes it and thinks about it. Maybe some of the players do. It's like, it doesn't look good for you guys. The two times you guys were able to win uh, had unique circumstances and everything. You guys won. I'm not saying that you guys didn't win, but one crazy play. And then, like I said, the inability to play in bad weather for Michigan worked in your favor in 2017. One of the worst quarterbacks in probably Michigan history in O'Corn <laughs> at the helm. So didn't really work out in our favor. So, yeah, but no, go, yeah. go I mean, yeah. I, so that, but, that was a huge, uh, well, even, yeah, one of the things I thought you were going to bring up and I'll kind of throw it out as a side note is they can't even get their story straight on whether Lewerke was hurt or not or practiced or not. I, I couldn't, I couldn't believe that. I'm going, you can't even get that right. You're lying about that. I'm like, which is it? You know, yeah. he had coach saying he wasn't hurt. He was. And and then somebody else, I believe, Warner saying he wasn't hurt. I'm like, all right, where's the story straight? They can't even get that straight. To me, I feel like he's frustrated because Lewerke was supposed to be this guy who had, like Stephen was saying, um, the dark horse. He was supposed to be the Heisman favorite or the Big Ten, you know, one of the best Big Ten quarterbacks in the country. And actually – He's digressing. I don't know if he's hurt or not. I don't know, but he doesn't look that good. He's actually having a very down year, one of his worst years, and I think he's not. He's probably not the guy for him. So, yeah. Well, yeah. It, it did seem like, oh, this is gonna be the next greatest quarterback since Kirk Cousins, right. and things like that. And it's just like, yeah, it's it's not looking good. And that that's absolutely right. When they were talking about the um, the if he practiced or not, uh, if I saw it correctly, D'Antonio said that he didn't practice all week. And then Lou Erke himself said, uh, yeah. I'm not sure what's going on. He's like, I practiced. <laughs> right. So right. it's just like too, yeah. too, too many question marks. Right. Like, and, and just blind, uh, they're just blind following it. So, Hey, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, ga- game on guys. Go ahead. Go for it. So 
congratulations if if you... I mean well, I've had fan bases say well no one knows exactly what coach uh, D'Antoni was smiling at maybe he was smiling at something else I went oh really right when they busted through there <laughs> he smiles yeah and and to add that's on that the stuff you're talking about it's like come on man this is just simple yeah well as soon as it happened like I said he yeah. knew he's like win or lose I can use this win or yeah. lose he knows that yeah. he can use it um, yep. And that's uh, another thing, too, is that um, I saw that some people were, you know, some people are arguing the time and everything like that. Look, if when and now the thing for me, the sport for me that uh, I played and everything was mainly basketball. And so it's just like, yeah, you have a specific time when you've got when you've got the court, when you're out there, the opponent's not and things like that. But if you're there and it's supposed to be somebody else's time and they're not there, guess what you're doing? Mm-hmm. You're shooting around. It's right. just like, hey, if they're not going to use this right. time, I'm not going to just sit here. So if it's if they're not there and you're there waiting on sign like, screw it, screw right. it, <laughs> screw you guys. Thinking right. that that they're not going to be on the field, and then they show up late. So because somebody was saying, oh well, Michigan was on the field early, and it's just like, well, yeah, duh. Did you never play sports? If the field is right. open and nobody's there, go practice, go do something. You're not just right. going to sit there and stay cold. So. That it's stupid nonsense like that. The timing looks crazy. And go ahead, like as uh, like even uh, Harbaugh said, investigate it. He's like, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll be interested in the findings, or I'll be happy with findings. And you know what? I'll stand. Uh, I'll I'll stand next to Jim Harbaugh because it's just like, look, I'll stand next to a guy who wasn't caught lying on live TV. Right. Yeah. It's not sounds that difficult, to, folks. Sounds to me that they're trying to do the battle since this is such an embarrassing loss. They're trying to do the battle of the pregame walk and and divert all the Michigan fan base attention and everybody on to that to say to almost say ah see we told you you know we weren't lying and then everybody's totally focusing that on that even the Sparty fans are and basically you know I'm not on the real game (laughs) yeah you know what you know what I really honestly could believe that some some are having the mindset of because it's just like guys, you know, you need to move on. You have a game this week. You need right. to move yeah. on. We're on a bye, so we yeah, don't have anything. right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm sure that uh, Harbaugh is just like, I don't care. You guys want to talk about? It? I'll answer questions. Right. But um, but yeah, they uh, they have Purdue coming up, which isn't going to be easy. But uh, they. I would not be surprised if some of that fan base is thinking, you know what, screw it. If we lose some more games, it doesn't really matter because it's just going to make us look bad. So it's not going to make Michigan that look that good for beating us. Right. Right. Exactly. You uh, you know that some of them have that thought process. And and now I'm going to the other end where we're talking about a small part of their fan base probably. But, yeah, no, it's just, dude, guys, really, you lost the game. And you guys are making a big deal about all this other stuff and trying to fight and talk about class. Yeah. You want to talk about class. Come on. Don't, don't even. It's like practice. Practice class. I mean, we're not even talking about education. We're talking about class. Yeah. No, just, just stop guys. You you, nonsense, just absolute nonsense. I brought up just a few examples yeah. To make you guys look foolish. You yeah. guys arguing that point 
look absolutely foolish. So don't just stop. Just really just stop. They're still chirping out there. Players are. So yeah, there you go, man. Hey, good for them. You know, yeah, yeah. No, that's, yeah. You find something to be disrespected about. So like I said, I go, you could have 99% of the actual sports media in the country say, that Michigan State Spartans are going to win the national championship, and they'll find that one percent and be feel disrespected. Correct? Oh yeah, Me- meant it's a <laughs> they'll ride that. They'll go. Oh, yeah. what do you mean not a hundred percent of everybody is rooting for us? I mean that that's what they do. It's funny. So. M- mental game. Yep. A mental game, man. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So zippity dude, good job, guys. Yeah. Gl- glad that you guys can do that. It's just crazy. There are, uh, like I said, not talking about the whole fan base. There, are, there are a couple out there you can have hope for. I've seen a few things out there. Just yeah. come on, uh, I, I could go on forever, and we're already way over time and everything. So, so, so much could be said. Your overall thing of the game, where I probably touched on most of it, but you probably agree with most of what I said. Just great win, dominant defense, uh, Jay. Played out of his mind, did really, really well. Some left points on the field. Uh, probably need to shore that up. And yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely went on rant mode there. So I shared a lot. Uh, let's go through uh, a few quick things here. Uh, predictions before the weather. Uh, you had 31 to 24. I had 34 to 20. Yeah. Um, so that obviously changed uh, yeah. a lot due to weather, but it's also some other things. Um, your lock for the games, though, this past weekend, you had Penn State covering 14 and a half over Indiana. You missed out on that one. Yeah. Um, but then uh, I had Wisconsin with uh, covering 25. And they pulled up, they pulled through for me. Thanks, Wisconsin. Uh, we had locker dump it. Uh, Michigan will rush for more yards than Michigan State. We both uh, got that one pretty easily. Uh, Michigan got that pretty easily. Uh, thank you, Michigan. Um, we had three. Uh, so this, I think, was heavily affected by the weather because we had three or more Michigan players will throw passes on Saturday because of the bad weather. Michigan did not mess around with anything, which I'm not surprised. They may have still not done it anyways, but where I was getting at, and I think you picked up on, was at some point maybe McCaffrey would have gone in towards the end of the game, so he would have gotten a pass off, and then at some point maybe a trick play. Well, like I they th- had like we just brought up the points being left on the scoreboard that we could have got more points. I think we would have; those guys would have played. So, yeah. So, um, let me see. We had. So then the last one was Michigan State will do an onside kick. I threw that out there because that was one of the trick plays that they hadn't done yet, but they did not do it uh, because they only scored one time. So they only had two kick uh, two kickoffs in the whole game. So, um, but, yeah, with that, uh, let me see. I got three, you got two. So I'm sitting at 18 points. You're sitting at 20. So... Closing in on you. Not really. Yeah. Not really. yeah. <laughs> and then the quick score breakdown here that uh, we'll do as we're closing things out. Um, there we go. 
So uh, Maryland got shut out by Iowa when they were on the road at Iowa. It was 23 to zero. Northwestern is still leading the West as they took down Rutgers uh, on the road. Interestingly enough, close game, 18 to 15, weird score. Uh, Wisconsin, as I said, covered as they beat Illinois at home, 49 to 20. Uh, Penn State wound up pulling away from Indiana, winning on the road, 33 to 28. Nebraska gets their first win ever and their first win in conference, 53 to 28 over Minnesota. So Minnesota is winless in the conference. And then the big one, uh, as already talked about, Stephen, uh, I'm not sure if uh, Ray talked about it or not, but the big one, Ohio State gets slapped by Purdue on the road. Number two, Ohio State loses Man. to unranked Purdue, 49 to 20. Wow. So. Well, you know, I'll bring this up, and Stephen did too, but just because the reports are out. Hey, there's just something going on at Ohio State. I mean, can't you – if you look at that game and look at Urban Meyer's body posture, there's just something going on. I don't know what it is. You know what I mean? It's just underlying. You can tell that not all is well there. And, you know, I talked to a really – a coworker of mine I used to work with. He's a big Ohio State fan. He just said something's going on. He's not sure what it is, but there's – some uh something seething in <laughs> with that program i don't you know obviously with all the problems they're having but uh, i don't know do you see that too just something going on yeah well what i'll say is um i said this before i either said it before the season started or like after week one mm-hmm. and i was saying that watch what's going to probably happen michigan's going to have a good year and they're going to go in and they're going to beat ohio state but then something weird is going to happen. No, it was actually before the whole Urban Meyer debacle thing during the offseason. I said it. I was just like, what's going to probably happen? Something's going to happen. Ohio State is going to have all the excuses that they want for losing to Michigan. And maybe Urban Meyer is going to leave after after the season and everything. And they're going to be like, we owned you. The only reason you beat us was because of X, Y, and Z. Because of either right. Joey, Joey Bosa leaving or because of all the whole thing because of uh, his right head. He's not feeling this. Yeah, Smith, uh, because of the whole Smith, uh, Zach Smith uh, drama at the beginning of the season. Or right. because of uh, yeah. Urban Meyer and his health conditions and things like that. You may, um, you did say that. Yeah, you, I said it. Yeah, I, I called it's it. Certainly, it's certainly setting itself up for that. Oh yeah, so are moving. Yeah, definitely. So I I don't really care like if it happens. I mean, I wanted justice to happen from the whole Zach Smith situation. I don't necessarily think it was. But if we got a chance to play Urban Meyer that uh, with him staying as coach, you know, I'm just like, go for it. I would love to see Michigan put the biggest beat down on them this season, though, that, uh, out of anybody. So essentially beating them worse than Purdue beat them, right. which if they beat uh, Ohio State in Columbus anyway in similar fashion that Purdue did, that would look a lot worse because it'd be at home. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. But, but like I said, that's – that's what I was fearful was going to happen was this whole like excuse extravaganza. And it's just setting up for that. So yeah, it's definitely setting up. Something's going on. So, and every day it seemed to be something. So, okay. Here, here's another prediction. If yeah. Ohio state loses another game yeah, before the Michigan game, mm-hmm. I would not be surprised if something happens where he is, um, 
away, like he's he's out for medical or because of the, the athletic department, because of some weird thing, and either he makes a dramatic comeback for the Michigan game, and it's like, oh, we didn't think he was going to coach, but here he's going to coach. Wow, what a motivate, what a motivation! Or he's he's just going to be gone for the Michigan game, like whether That's it's health or they did do interview and they talk about Kirk Herbstreit saying that he doesn't look right on the on the sidelines, like he's holding his head or something like mental or you know health reasons. But um, I would never ever make fun of a coach or somebody who actually does. I get it. My problem is the timing. Yeah, well, <laughs> everything well, timing to me. And if I see the time, I'm going. Why is it when if you're winning and all all the you know the daisies are blooming and all you know the birds are singing they're on your, you know shoulder and everything's grandioso, you have no health problems. But when things just seem to be like a dumpster fire, you got health problems. Health problems don't give a crap whether the day's nice or not, right? Or everything's oh, yeah. glorious. It doesn't. That's what I always go. Come on, really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. No. No. Absolutely. The questionable things with. Uh, Leaving Florida, the questionable right. things with the right. whole like Zach Smith situation, where now he's got this uh, mystery medication kind of a thing. So, so it's like, hey, you know, okay, yeah, and I'm in the exact same boat. If if something's real, then by all means, it, it's not here to downplay it or anything. But when you've got a track record of questionable things, it's yeah. you know. So it is what it is, but I'm making that prediction where it, it could even get more twisted and kind of messed up essentially. So, yeah, but okay. Well, I think, uh, I mean, this is going to be one of our longest episodes ever. So yeah, we, we've got to cut off eventually here. So well, we got to buy a week. So we got to, yeah, I think, uh, just as a ending note here and everything before we do the final sign off, I think that we're going to take time off i i don't think we're gonna do an episode a lot has been going on you guys know it's been really busy uh michigan's on a bye week and everything i think we're just gonna go ahead and not do a preview episode this week we're probably gonna have a conversation to see if we do a recap episode though just kind of after the games have been played and all that um but i guess what we could do here real quick at the end we could look at the games for next week and we could do a lock yeah so let's do that real quick, and then we'll we'll finish yeah. off. Indiana and Minnesota are playing Friday night at Minnesota. Indiana's favored by two and a half points. Remember, Minnesota has not won a conference game yet. Yeah. Purdue wow. is playing at Michigan State, where Michigan State is favored by two points. Okay. So um, Nebraska is hosting Bethune-Cook. <laughs> I don't. I don't even know what that is. Uh, that one doesn't have a spread, so that's toss that one out. Uh, Wisconsin. This is the most interesting game I think for the Big Ten this weekend because Wisconsin is going to Northwestern. Number twenty, Wisconsin going to Northwestern for the lead in the West. Wisconsin yeah. is a six and a half point favorite going into Northwestern. Uh, those are all noon games, and then the couple three thirty games we have is. Illinois going to Maryland, where Maryland is an 18-point favorite. Very interesting, having come off a shutout loss. Uh, loss. Then 18, Iowa is playing 17, Penn State, um, in mm. ha- uh, Happy Valley, where Penn State is a six-point favorite wow. at 330. So, Craig, you want to take one of those? I'm going to take uh, <clears throat> take a flyer on this one. Those are all kind of um, 
tough to get, but I'm going to go with Purdue just because, you know, um, I like what they're doing. They get their offense is really clicking and, and it, they got one of those players that's just lightning fast and the dude's just electric. So, um, I'm going to take Purdue beating Michigan state, man. I think Purdue can do it. I think they got a lot of swagger. I think they're on a high now. And uh, I think they're going to be able to beat Michigan State. Yeah, I think that's a pretty decent one, especially since it's such a small spread. Um, I am going to go ahead and probably take uh, Illinois at Maryland. Uh, I'm going to take uh, Maryland covering. Okay. Um, the 18-point spread uh, because I just don't see – them coming off a shut off lo- uh, shutout loss that they're going to let Illinois do a whole lot. Illinois has not boasted much uh, this season. So uh, Wisconsin Northwestern too questionable. Iowa Penn State way too questionable in my opinion. And Friday night games I don't like taking Friday night games. Um, so and, and it's too weird because Indiana's good, but it's also at Minnesota, and I don't see how they're going to, you know. Uh, the, uh, a night game at home, yeah. I just too many, too much stuff with that. So I'll take Maryland covering Illinois. So, okay, that's that's where we're at. All right, the end. That's that's it. I hope you guys enjoyed the this episode. There was a lot said. There's a lot more that probably could be said. Um, but I think that uh, yeah, I think we we got a lot of it right. Big win, big win. Yeah, Michigan gets that monkey off their back and they're ready to go man yep constantly improving like that's been that's been the thing where each week you see improvement and so that's one thing another narrative that they can try and break as they're going to be facing penn state out of the bye is that sometimes out of the bye they they get a little shaky so yeah uh, but I, i i'll have a lot more to say in the preview of that game um, but I think especially Don Brown is going to be prepared for that. So we'll talk about that more. We don't need to get into it. We've gone long, blah, 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 blah. So, but uh, we thank you guys for tuning in as always. Uh, we hope you guys had as awesome of a weekend as we did. Uh, we yeah. hope you guys have a great week. Enjoy the bye. So no other episode this week, but we'll have at least one next week, maybe two. We'll see. Uh, we'll finish off with Go Blue. Go Blue. Go Blue.